Hi friends, it's Laurie Nelson, your Women's Ministry Coordinator here at FaithBridge. Welcome back to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. This summer, we're sharing our Jesus stories, that moment of salvation that changed everything. And we're also talking about what He's doing in our lives now. Well, today on the podcast, we have Kasha Glass. Hi, Kasha. Hi, Laurie. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. And I know you because we share an office together. We sure do. Every day. Every single day. (laughs) But um, we've actually known each other for a while I got to be part of how many years ago what did you do that study through Colossians? So that was 2017, I think. Yeah, so it's been a while. It's been um, a while. Yeah, you got to be in the Colossians mm-hmm. Women's Bible Study, which mm-hmm. was really fun. Very fun. Um how would other people here at Faithbridge know you? Let's see. Well, I'm the uh, Grow Groups and Discipleship Director, Mm -hmm. so I get to help people find classes and Bible studies and groups and help funnel them to women's ministry where you serve. And Mm -hmm. so I'm oftentimes hanging out in the atrium uh, helping people with that on Sunday mornings. And then I've just been around FaithBridge. My family's been here about 10 or 12 years and have served in various roles there. And our kids came up through kids ministry and uh, FSM. And so now they're, they're launching into to the next stage of their lives, but we're still here. So it's exciting. Um, Okay. Well, this uh, summer we have been talking about our Jesus stories, meaning that moment in time where we put our faith in Jesus for salvation. And so I wanted to hear your Jesus story, and I want to share mine as well. So let's start with you. How did you come to know Jesus? I was one of those people that, and I just counted as just God's grace that Mm -hmm. I was raised in a home where my parents have always been very open about their faith. They have a vibrant faith in in Jesus, and they've lived that out in every aspect of their life. So growing up, I was exposed very young to uh, who is Jesus and what? how do we learn from him, from his word. So my parents would read us the Bible mm-hmm. and teach us to pray. And do We would worship together and things like that. So I grew up with that. And even as a really young child, had that sense of Jesus loves me and I love him. But then when I was about seven, I began to understand a little bit more of this concept of there's something that you can't fix by yourself on mm-hmm. your inside, this thing called sin. And so I remember one night it being in my bathtub, actually, and realizing, just having a moment of going, huh, so what this water's doing on the outside of me, that's what Jesus wants to do on the inside of me, mm. to clean me up on the inside of all the things. Because even when you're a kid, uh, you by that age, you're starting to know that you don't always um you don't always have great thoughts you don't right. always have great actions mm-hmm. there are things that in your life that you want to hide because you have a sense and god gives us like an innate conscience an innate, innate sense of right and wrong from a young age mm-hmm. usually and so when you know that things are kind of warring against that you can come pretty early in your life to an understanding of there's something that's not quite right yeah. and so for me it was saying that was that moment when i um talked to jesus on my own to say uh, Jesus, would you 
would you be my savior? And mm-hmm. so that that's my initial um, experience of salvation. And then, of course, you live it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you have um, people in your life, whether it was church or your own family, that were explaining the need to invite Jesus in or the idea of forgiveness? I, it must have been, and it must have been my parents, because I even remember being a much younger, say maybe about four, and um, asking my parents how I could ask Jesus into my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know I was really young because I brought my stuffed animal with me, and, and I'm like, it was a little dog, and I made it. It's <laughs> little hands, little paws go into oh. prayer so that we could pray <laughs> together. You know, I'm climbed up on my parents' bed. Uh, so very early on, that understanding that, uh, and and I think the understanding at my house too of the whole of the the person of the Holy Spirit of that huh. Trinity that God is one but it's Father Son and Holy Spirit that was very much talked about wow. from a young age so I was very aware that this whole idea that um, that Jesus does this regenerative work mm-hmm. in our life through the Holy Spirit and that that's what's coming in is the the spirit of God coming in and and bringing new life to our spirit. So even uh, I'm a pretty uh cerebral person anyway, mm-hmm. but so even at a very young age understanding this is this is sp- something called spiritual rebirth. Wow. So um and just being very fascinated with that, the whole idea of the work of the Holy Spirit from a very young age, um, and my parents and my grandparents and our preacher. We had a church that, like, it had a cry room, <laughs> which uh-huh. meant that you, everybody was in. We had a little bit of a Sunday school program, but not much because mm-hmm. it was just a little country church. But everybody was in service together as a mm-hmm. family. So even as a young child, I'm hearing um, this teaching and hearing these, like, you read the Bible, you take it in, you worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. So that very young age, that was informing me of and just igniting my curiosity about God. I love that. How rich to learn that, be hear that at such a young age. Um, I think for me, um, it was my grandmother. And I think that from the time I was two years old, Big Mama. <laughs> we all need a Big yeah, Mama. I, I know. Everyone needs a Big Mama. Uh, and and I, the, the meaning behind Big Mama was that she wasn't my mama. She wasn't my grandmother. She was my great-grandmother. Okay. So it was Big Mama. Um, she would take me to church every Sunday. And it was a full gospel church in the Heights. And similar, I mean, you would have thought it was a country church because... You know, were there 30 people on a Sunday? I mean, it was big doings if there were 100 people. (laughs) Um, But And so I was frequently the only kid there, but um, I loved it, and I was, you know, right in the middle of everybody. Um, But I did hear that Jesus loved me, and that's really the main thing that I remember coming away with. There would be times when Sister Pardon, that was the the uh, older woman who would um, do Sunday school, sometimes just for me, sometimes anybody else who brought their kids or grandkids. But she would teach me all of the songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And um, 
So I just remember from that coming away, knowing, always believing that Jesus loved me. But for me, it wasn't until my older brother became a believer. Um, and he, it was night and day for him. He was 12, he is 12 years older than me. And, um, I was confused by the fact that he said he had become a Christian because I thought we were all Americans. And so we were all Christians, but, um, he, his, he transformed drastically. And so, um, one of the other things that happened after he became a Christian is that he had conversations with my mom. And the next thing I knew is we were all going back to church again. Okay. How and old were so you? About at this time? point, I'm probably 14. Okay. I'm a freshman in high school. Okay. And so um, we started going to church and we were, the study at the time was through the book of Revelation. So every week I would hear these Interesting. I mean, I was engaged for sure, but um, it wasn't all very clear until that summer they had a revival. And um, it was an outdoor revival at Del Mar Stadium, which Here I'm not in, sure is in there. Houston, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In the summertime. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, the night I happened to go, the speaker was focused on youth. And so he spelled out the gospel in a way that I understood. And the way he did it, he explained that we all have sin and sin must be paid for and Jesus has paid for it. And I felt okay about all of that and not really a strong need to respond to any of that until he said, and sin isn't just in what we do, it's also in our thoughts. Well, mm. by the time I was 14, I had a terrible relationship with my mother, and she would rage and rage and rage, and I would just think awful thoughts about her. And so when he said that sin wasn't just in things I did, but in thoughts I had, I knew I was in trouble. And I'm telling you, all of the sudden, the weight of all of my sin was just on my shoulders, and I could feel it. So... Um, he explained also that Jesus had already paid for it, and all I had to do was believe. And while I thought, that's too easy, mm-hmm. it can't be that easy, but if you're telling me that that's the deal, I'm going to you know, move in that direction. So they had, um, they invited everyone to come forward, and I, the minute the music started, I started walking down those bleachers at Del Mar Stadium. And I met up with a woman who would talk with me and pray with me. And I don't remember what we said, but I remember praying and I remember trusting it, you know, saying, yes, I believe that what Jesus did on the cross paid for my sin and praying. And I remember feeling completely clean and different afterwards. And I now know that, like you learned at at such a young age, that that was the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that that was God himself coming to live within me. And it made such a big difference. Not that I always walked the right way or followed well, but um, it, I mean, just knowing that that was the Holy Spirit himself coming to live inside, just as he promised. You know, um, that's my, kind of my next question for you. You came to faith as a child. What did your faith look like? Like, when did you start owning your own faith? Yeah, and I think owning your own faith, that's a that's a really good 
way to put it. In fact, like when I talk with, um, so one of my roles in Grow Group and Discipleship is to talk to folks that might want to move into leadership and like lead a Bible study or um, host discussion at uh, one of our Bible study tables or have a a group in their home. One of the things we do is discovery. And so when I speak, especially with say young adults, Mm -hmm. I talk to them about when did you you know, I'll hear their salvation story, but then I'll ask them, when did you make that transition from maybe the faith that was sort of your family faith or your church faith to owning it where you knew that this is my faith? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a necessary part of of adult development is um, not just believe in something because you're supposed to believe it, but Mm -hmm. believe in it because it mean something to you. And so for me, um, I would say that it was somewhat gradual, uh, went through various things growing up, but there was this moment in college. um, I had, like many people, I was excited to go off college. I was ready to spread my wings. Mm -hmm. I had some friction with my parents Mm -hmm. that last year because I was just like, and I remember telling my mother, oh, oh, mother, if you're listening to this, please forgive me. (laughs) I just remember saying, there's, there's, too many women in this house. And it's, it was only me and my mom and then my brother and my dad. But to me, like, just too many. And I'm like, I'm so ready to leave, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Got to college, um, a little disoriented there. And then about uh, halfway through my freshman year, got news that a family friend uh, who – I'd actually worked for her in the summer. And she and her husband had been trying for so long to have a baby. And she'd finally gotten pregnant. And I had, like, been praying for her. And we were like, and God moved. In the... And then she lost the baby. Mm. And I remember, yeah, for the fr- I remember feeling like I had been, and this is this typical narcissism, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was all about me. Not to think about my poor friend that's going through this. I'm like, God, how did you set us up? We had so much faith, and wow. then you yeah. you did this, and being so angry. Mm-hmm. And then um, and several months later, um, a, a college friend like unexpectedly died from just an infection that just took him out. And then another friend died in a car accident. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm like grappling with what good is faith if, God, you can't just why would you allow these things to happen? Wow. Right. And just getting so angry and really thinking, well, fine, I'm just going to, if, if it doesn't matter what you believe, if that doesn't, if, if bad things are just going to happen, then I'm just going to try living the way I want Mm -hmm. for a little while and stop Mm -hmm. following all these rules. And so just went through a little bit of a time of just rebelliousness. Um, Was it out of pain Yes. Did I think that maybe God couldn't handle my hard questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing, Laurie, is that like even though I was kind of turning my back, I didn't. I was still talking to God, mm-hmm. but it was in a very angry way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and He never left me. Right. During that, He continued to pursue me. But one of the things that happened is I kind of got to. The bottom. I kind of bottomed out. Mm-hmm. I actually went into a clinical depression. Wow. Probably because of this unrelenting grief mm-hmm. over the the reality of a fallen world in which bad things do yeah. happen. Um, and in the midst of that, uh, interestingly enough, 
the people that started me on the journey, my parents, were the ones I came home for Christmas, for Christmas, uh, my Christmas, my sophomore year. And they set me down, and my dad's like, something is not right. And he started to ask me questions, and he said, you know, baby, I think, I think that you are experiencing depression. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time someone had named that for yeah. me. Um, and they began to help me get help there. And then over a course of um, a couple years of also that, and also just then realizing, Lord, what would I be without you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that growing up moment of realizing this world, you don't get a pass on suffering. Right. You don't, uh, just because you're a Christian does not mean that you want have times of aching and grief mm-hmm. and pain and that you won't see it in other people. Yeah. But we serve a God that is God with us, Emmanuel, God yep. with us. And he will make all things right in the end. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's good to remember that, to have that eternal perspective. But he is making things right now, maybe in not the way we would have chosen, but in the abundance of his presence and by teaching us to be present in the lives of other people and not just try to pretend that suffering is not real. But when we show up for people and we sit with them in their grief and we sit with them in their pain and we help not just give them a nice little Christian pat answer that sometimes just that just seems cruel, but just to say, this is hard, mm-hmm. and I will sit with you, and we will pray together. And if you can't pray, I will pray with you mm-hmm. or for you, and I will fight on my knees for you mm-hmm. until God brings us to a place of peace and victory. That is what God is calling us in an adult faith to do, mm-hmm. right, to be so filled up with him um, that we are not going to be shaken every time something bad happens in this world, but we can actually bring light into that situation. So all that began to happen then in that young adulthood. Um, and then as I uh, began to raise my young new family and Mary and all that, getting into consistent Bible study where I had that constant filling up on God and His Word mm-hmm. and being in community let me just keep growing in that sort of adult mm-hmm. faith. So you already knew that Bible study was going to be crucial if you were going to mature in your faith. I think so. But the difference between, say, um, my younger Christian years and my, um, say, from 25, 26 on and, and today is that I looked at Bible study as something mostly you did on your own in your personal devotional yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because... Sometimes the Bible studies that were accessible to me in community felt kind of light. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not realize that you needed to be around people that challenge you and really dip in and discuss the Bible with you and let you wrestle with the hard questions. And so once I started to find um, folks that would let me go deep— mm-hmm. And I have like a my natural gifting spiritually is one of them is teaching. And so for me, I had to start digging it out and then sharing with other people. Mm-hmm. I had to bring my gift into community and start helping lead Bible studies in order to get filled up um, myself. That has been the big, probably the biggest fueler of my growth is learning it and then giving it away. Um, and I really came to that realization probably in my mid to late 20s. Okay. So, but what about you? I know you mentioned you you 14, you had the salvation experience, but 
were you, did you jump into a Bible study? Like what did that look like oh, for no. you? I did not jump into Bible study. Uh, my people didn't do Bible study. <laughs> and, but, um, I think I kind of bumbled along for several years. I went to church um, because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, and that's probably where I was going to learn about God. Um, But it wasn't until um, I was invited to – I went to a church camp. That's what I did. I went to this church camp um, after my freshman year of college, and there was a girl there, and – when after we all came back, she invited me and several other girls to come do Bible study once a week at her apartment. And I they were so nice. I had all of the dumb questions because I just <laughs> didn't know anything. I had always been intrigued by the Bible, but I would open it up and would read, you know, thou and thee and just go, and I'm lost and I don't understand. Um But I asked one night, I stayed late, and what I had kind of concluded was that she was beautiful. She was beautiful on the outside, but there was something else about her, and she had, it was beautiful from the inside radiating out. And so I stayed late after everyone left and just said, what is it about you? What, you are different. What is, what if, what have you got? And um, she said, well, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I just kind of went, you mean like you talk to him? (laughs) And um, she looked at me. I just remember thinking, how weird. And then she looked at me probably thinking, how weird, like, and just saying, yeah, that's called prayer. I went, oh, yeah. And then the kind of the lights just started going off. And she said, well, um, she said, I needed to read my Bible. And I said, how do you understand it? I don't understand it. And she suggested that I get a good news Bible. Uh, by this time, I'm like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I, and she suggested that I start in the New Testament and read all the way through. And I went probably the next day, got a good news paperback Bible, started reading it and loved it. And I do think... Um, the study of God's word, reading it just opened up a bigger picture of who God is and what I had understood from the sermons and the songs that I had learned and stuff. So um, that's probably when I started um, owning, that is when I started owning my own faith and when I started figuring things out and actually having a relationship with him, talking to him. He started revealing um, more and more to me. So, yeah. Because it's really hard to have a relationship with someone when you never talk to them. When you don't talk to them them. and you don't know them. Um, Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the Good News Bible because that finding oftentimes, I would say maybe not especially, I think there's points in your faith when you need a fresh sense that these words on a page of this thing called the Bible – they are life, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can just even changing up a translation. Mm-hmm. So something like the Good News Bible, which was probably more of a paraphrase mm-hmm. or written in sort of modern yep. English, with, um, it, that can just make it come alive yeah. in a way that seems so different if you have thought about it as this sort of formal document. But I mean, like you take the New Testament. So it was written in um, the common Greek of the time. Right. Like it was written... Uh, just the way that we would write emails or 
It probably wasn't written the way we write text to our friends. So I don't think they were texting. <laughs> there were no emojis. There were not emojis. But if there were, could you imagine the emoji Bible? Like I would go. Is for there the, one? We should make one, Laurie. <laughs> um, but like that makes it. Oh, this is not a foreign language, right? Um, it's in Greek or in the Old Testament mm-hmm. in Hebrew, but it was. Because that was the language of the time. Yeah. And so when we get a good, solid Bible translation, um, or maybe a couple, that's the great thing about the Bible app. You can compare. Mm -hmm. You can start to see, oh, this this is not a secret code that I have to crack. This is words of life written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by people who have their different writing styles even. Yeah. Like, and it makes that come to mm-hmm. life. Um, but I love what your friend just helped you, like, break it down. Yeah. Like, it, it's not just this one-and-done salvation experience. It is this ongoing relationship in which you are hearing from the one who loves your mm-hmm. soul. And lo and behold, you're talking back to him. Yep. You know. Starting to trust him more and more. Again, not getting it all straight, not keeping it together all the time, even today, but still walking with him and stuff. Yeah, I do. I think it was probably three years I had my little good news paperback started falling apart. It might have been two. I don't know. But then someone told me that there were all these other versions. And I think at that point, then I got a NIV and have who knows how many now. But yeah. And I bet you're a Bible marker upper, aren't you? I am a Bible marker upper. My very first one, that NIV that I got was a Thompson chain link reference. I was very proud of it. Um, But I'm, I mean, I highlighted, I had codes for highlighting. Yeah, I am a Bible marker upper. It's funny um, that one of the sweetest things that I received from my, when my grandmother passed away, five or six years ago was some of her Bibles and her Bible, her journal oh, notebooks. Yeah. Um, and she is a very practical lady. So she wasn't going to write long expressive things about how she was thinking and feeling. Um, but she would write verses down that had meant something to mm-hmm. her or she would in her Bible, she would highlight and then maybe write a little margin note and to see a life of faith lived out on the, in the margins of mm-hmm. her Bibles and stuff. I'm like, I want my kids to yeah. to get that. I want them to see mom cared about this. Yeah. Like it it was life to her. I want them to be able to see that. I know? love that. So. Well, Kasha, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, I think it's been a fun summer of just hearing women of faith bridge share their stories of how they came to Jesus and what that looks like now. Um, so thanks for being here with us for all of our Jesus stories. I hope it's encouraged you the way it has me. And I hope that you will join us for renew August 30th, um, 7 PM. Melanie Shankel is our guest speaker. I can't wait. It's just going to be a fun evening to just come and worship and enjoy um, just being together with a fun, encouraging message and bring your girlfriends. And then a couple of weeks after that, we start the table where it doesn't matter what version of Bible you bring, <laughs> but we will be studying. Um, we'll be doing Bible study together. And this semester we are studying 
the book of Ruth, but really through the book of Ruth, looking at the heart of God and our Redeemer. So come and hang out with us, and you can find everything um, on faithbridge.org slash women, even these podcasts. So thanks so much, and we'll see you in the fall. Bye.